Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Episode 22 finds us in strange territory, territory that is, you know, since the beginning of this whole Trump ordeal, it's been a situation where you just can't believe it in the first place. And every subsequent time, you can't believe it, but you have to. So they, they call that cognitive uh, dissonance, I think. And then you have to suck it up and go on and do your best and do your job. And hopefully that's true. And part of, well, I can tell you from the onset, it was a rough week for me. And I'll, I'll share that. But one of the better things was uh, listening to a review of the 9-11 celebration. And this is a celebration that my family hasn't missed in some capacity for since they began. And, you know, these are three and five-year-olds were taking to the ceremonies and now they're grown-up teenagers and we missed. And uh, when I went to the city council meeting that same day on 9-11, I got to hear about the ceremony and my... Uh, New bud, he will be because uh, he has to get great props from me. But he was a, a pile worker. He, he's a fire captain. And from Los Angeles here, we sent trucks all across the country to New York to help dig out the pile. And this is a man who actually worked in the pile. And that's mad respect you know, what that takes and what that took at that moment of national crisis to merely respond by doing the right thing, what your conscience guided you to do. And that's what is to help. We have a hurricane coming and uh, those are the best pictures. The other people with nothing to do with people or government jobs to save people are out saving people. Certainly there's heroics on the side of the government in some of the capacity that they rescue people. Um, they'll, you know, daring helicopter pickups. So there's a lot going on. I got to tell a couple of funny stories. They're pretty strict there, you know, so I had to sneak under an item uh, two stories. Fortunately, one was about the just last item, and it's something the city wants to promote, and they didn't mind letting me talk about it because you're just supposed to talk about that thing you put the card in for. New Business 3, which was the shopping cart ordinance, and uh, 
New Business 2 was a program they have with Ring Doorbell. And those look like pretty neat systems where, you know, you have to pay a fee and have a phone, but you can have someone at least, or you, with the notices. Uh, I guess you can live stream it too, watch your doorbell all day if you want. But security is important. You know, you don't you don't want your home robbed. You don't want it damaged. I mean, my God, the worst thing would be to get it blown up. Now, did you hear the story today? It's, it's mind-blowing, but somehow in the northern suburbs of Boston, uh, a neighborhood that gets its natural gas from the same distributor down the pipe, they had an error where they let too much pressure in, so homes blew up. And you could say, yeah, homes blow up. We had a thing close to here called Porter Ranch where the gas company just had a leak and it was dangerous. It stunk and they couldn't fix it and it went on for months, I mean, maybe a year. So the gas thing was a major deal because it's not a couple of houses, it's not even a couple dozen houses. Reports are that there are hundreds of homes that blew up. And all in the same neighborhood, all at the same time, you can imagine the firemen that had to put that fire out. They're going to need really quickly an enormous national effort, almost like work in the pile. And it's going to be an amazing thing. They'll get that done. And the whole main part of the doorbell getting up story was to tell him of the funny time before I had a fence around my house. And this is partially why I got it, because in a new housing track, people want to come in and sell you stuff anywhere from alarm salesmen to satellite salesmen to cookies, chocolate, subscriptions, uh, services pest services, you know, it's just, I, sometimes the record was about 12 people a day ringing my doorbell or knocking on my door. So finally, and this is the story I got to tell the council in a double header, that I had a sign that said, I'm a spiritual, peace-loving person, and I apologize in advance for the utter disrespect you will receive if you ring my bell or knock on my door. So, I won't say that I didn't put it to use a couple of times, and sometimes it's pathetic, because you open the door and all ready to go do your thing, and here's some poor uh, minority girl selling chocolate. And, you know... You don't want to say to a kid of any kind, diminish them, demean them. Hey, can't you read? Because that's just stupid. That's just wrong. Uh, there's a lot of people that really can't read or even care to focus on what the hell is hanging on your door. So, you know, children, you have to cut them some slack. 
And, um, but the part of the story was that some guy that was selling alarms and, you know, a bunch of guys break down on the neighborhood, the new track, and all try and hit, and then they'll take different houses tomorrow. So one of these salesman guys took, you know, he came here, saw that, and he went back out around the corner and found his buddy that was selling another house and brought him over here. Together they rang my doorbell. And so I got to tell the council that they got a double, double, double deal. And them I did give a little crap to. So, yeah, the other thing was about the shopping cart. And it was just fun because I locked my keys in the car once and I had to walk home from a store. And it's quite a feat, but being mad at myself and thinking, ah, if you can't walk home, you know, it's a couple of miles. And not really easy, stupid, but this is before I had AAA, uh, bus pass. Uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of options. I used to be pretty good at hitchhiking, but it didn't seem to apply, and, and maybe I just should have got on a bus. I, I don't know, but I'm walking. You know, I made it about halfway, and I made it sound like it's um, just quick stuff, but my God, that took me almost two hours to get to the spot where there's a field where in it is this old broken down shopping cart. And I can see it's bent. And when I get it upright and push it a little bit through the dirt there, you can tell it's wobbly, but I could stand up on it and I could walk and push myself the mile and a half it still was to get home and get a spare key. But without that thing, I, I told him I might have died along the road. And that changes history. So speaking of changing history, this week it was the 10th, the day before 9-11, my beautiful boxer, he's been with me eight, almost nine years. No problems uh, ever noted. And he just had a seizure and died right on our kitchen floor. And that's a traumatic event because it was totally unexpected. I told the song of Mr. Bojangos dog up and died. He up and died. After 20 years, he still grieves. I'm going to grieve a long time for this dog. I am so glad I was nice to this dog. He wasn't really feeling well, but it's nothing that he hadn't, you know, done before. And I, I took good care of him. I didn't yell at him when he made a little puddle on the floor by the door because he couldn't get out quick enough. And I gave him some love. Gave some, you know, it's hard with a boxer. They're jowly, and if they put their mouth on you, you're going to be covered in slime. But I love that dog, and he wasn't feeling well, and I need to give him some love. And then you just don't even consider those things. So, but yeah, he, he just died. And now you can imagine what problem this poses because. 
my wife had to take off of work and uh, call in because uh, she hadn't quite started. And I now have to do something with, with this dog I love because, I mean, you don't throw them in the trash. You don't call someone to pick them up and they throw them in the trash. And he's going to get buried. And I live in a place where there's hard pack. It's really hard to dig. Fortunately, I have my strong wife and my two teenage sons who, when my other dogs died, my one large dog, you know, it was mainly me digging that hole. I knew he wasn't going to last long, and I started it. And my God, it took me three weeks. And then I even had to improve it because it's hard, hard digging deep enough through that soil. And, um, you know, so what to do? What to do? And part of it, the worst of it, was that we probably wouldn't be able to make it to the 9-11 remembrance. And I, I, we all missed a great one. But I had to take care of the dog. And, you know, it's the coldest my house has ever been. The air conditioning was turned down to as morgish as I could get. I let him lay there. I got some ice and packed him. And, you know, soon, within a few hours, I had to take him out. But it was almost nighttime. It was still warm. So I had to get more ice and put it around him and protect him from predators. And all through the day, we had dug a hole. I was working the pile the whole day. And it still wasn't done. And early, early in the morning, because, you know, around here, in sunny California, once the sun is on you, at least for me, that's it. And I have great admiration for people who work all day in the fields or the sun in some capacity, because as fun and you know as it is, as sunny and fun as it is, I can't do it. I can't do it unless it's a dry sun. But at least I did get to attend the city council meeting where I heard the stories of how great it was. And I was able to communicate to my friends because some of these people I've seen there the entire time as well. And I didn't get a chance to tell anybody I wouldn't be there and who would care anyway. But, you know, I, I think I was noticed at least and I wanted to make some explanation and talk about my dog, Wolfgang. He was in the paper because he opened the dog park, and he was the best slapdog fighter in the world. He was fast as lightning, and he would burst into the most ferocious growl as he air, you know, it's like air guitar, he air bit at me. I mean, he would put his, completely gone with a bite, but never even touch me. I did get a little slime, and I never hit him hard either because you put him on one side and he, you know, moves over there. I mean, he he got into the combat, and I loved that. I've had Dobermans, I told them, and Rottweilers too, and I've slapped box with all of them. I mean, I, you know, I, it's mostly in the sides, and it's so light touching that, I mean, that's the point of it, you know, to have it be as light as possible. That's the skill. So no one's beating a dog. And 
you know, it's it's just uh, they really wouldn't do it again if they didn't like it, or they'd clamp their teeth down and get some skin. But you know, he was he was absolutely the best at that, and I'll miss him greatly. I'll miss him greatly. And I got to tell a very abbreviated version of that story to the city council because they've all, many of the ones have seen my dog. There's Bark in the Park and there's all these other events and the opening of the dog park. You know, my friends, my people knew my dog. But fear not. And it's an amazing thing that you know, it's always darkest before the dawn and all these things. You just have to hold your mind on what you're doing despite the pain and be open to the universal flow. And so today there was a miracle. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've sat here and cried. My computer, the opening screen is my dog and the cat laying together, just being buds and you know, I just, the way, the quickness and the unexpectedness of it, it's troubling. I don't know what I could have done for him. But I did love him, and in that I, I feel much better. But today I was going to go, and I've never made it all the way down to the homeless facility that the Salvation Army took over. It was an old county facility, like a hospital and so now they house a hundred people out there and help. And so their Salvation Army with the counties actually doing some of this good, good work. And I was going to go down there and I was also going to go by the dog pound, the animal pound uh, on uh, the Avenue I here way out west in Lancaster. And I, I tell you, I've been to the other shelter Palmdale, a brand new one, our rival city, sister, I mean, sister city. And this place is like a five-star hotel. And our animal shelter is, is like a prison. And it's a chamber of horrors. And I got such great help there today. Because so, I went in there and, you know, it's the first time in almost 20 years we haven't had a dog in the house at night to protect you. You want a dog. You want something that barks. You want five, ten seconds warning before someone's doing, you know, I mean, that's that's the dog is as good as a ring doorbell, I, I would imagine. I would actually say better, but, you know, you can have both cuts, both versions, just as better. Who knows? I do. It's a dog. So, and I was thinking about the uh, quote that is in one of my games, and it's, uh, I think it's Roy Rogers or Dale, I don't even know who it is. It's a cowboy. But he says, um, I want to, when I die, I want to go where the dogs go. Uh, he says, uh, see, anyway, when. Where the dogs go when they die is where I want to go when I die. If they're not in heaven, I want to go to where the dogs are. Something like that. So, 
you know, dogs are amazing, amazing animals. My cats are animals. We we have some great pets, and these are getting into some cultural lanes of... But think about it, you know, human beings have had cats and dogs for thousands of years, dogs tens of thousands of years, and it's an amazing thing. And so to wrap this up a little bit, I went into the shelter, went into prison. It's depressing. But I found this dog that was so... I mean, he was the first really dog I looked at. He was just sitting there looking at me. And he was very friendly, and he barked nicely. And he licked my hand. And he sat there, and he was amazing. So he's an Australian cattle dog. I didn't know that then. He looked kind of rusty. But it was his disposition and demeanor that attracted me, because he's got to get along with cats and... You know, do his job and all that kind of stuff. But we call him Stephen. He came home. And he is an amazing dog that herds the boys when they run and catches balls and runs right into the water of the sprinkler. So I was able to give him a bath. And he went right to the um, bed that I cleaned the outer cushion for him, the doggy bed, the big one. And so he's just laying there, and there have been a few cat-dog things, but he's he's making the adjustment. And uh, new hope is born again. And I have a great dog, and thank you, universe, for providing me with that. Okay, I know I've been having fun, but who wants to talk about Trump? Um, uh, you know, that about explains it. There's been some stuff, this uh, Bob Woodward book, and when it hit uh, a 9-11, more things came out. Some were out before I mentioned. And then the anonymous op-ed in the New York Times came out. And people today are speculating that it's Jared Kushner. Who knows? I mean, I guess if he was in on trying to steer things or prevent bad things, that's good. But he seems to be... a some trouble himself with finances that they're looking into. So Trump today tweeted, you know, he thinks that the revised number of the dead people in Puerto Rico and the total failure of our effort is a made-up story by the Democrats. I mean, it's not even outrageous. It's just standard order. But... He threw that in in the current hurricane coverage, and I don't know, there's so many crass things. It's Now, it turns out, just of today, that his uh, campaign manager, Paul Manafort, chairman, whatever they call him, may have cut a deal after being convicted last week. And 
So some of the things that, that were in the book about General Kelly having to explain why we keep troops in other countries and, you know, it's not to let them sucker us out of money, but it's the most cost-effective way of preventing World War III. And he doesn't grasp that. He still thinks that despite that great advice from the general that he put in charge of the Defense Department and his chief of staff, the four-star general, well, he just doesn't believe it. Also new today are further allegations against the Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, that the Senate is looking into. And through the course of time, the Republicans have suppressed certain documents about him. And uh, the other senators on the committee are certainly entitled to see him. So there's some irregularity there in the process. And, you know, Mitch McConnell, the guy who gets to set the agenda and push things, the Senate majority leader, he didn't really want Kavanaugh. He had other people he wanted because, in part because of this guy Kavanaugh's extensive paper trail. And so now there are allegations from his teenage years about a sexual encounter that was inappropriate and, you know, there's not a lot about it, but we'll see about that. Or if the rules can prevent the Senate from just pushing this guy through before some of these allegations can be really looked at or, you know, get an answer from him about it at least. Um, Supreme Court, it's an important thing. And you put a 52-year-old man there that could live 40 years on the court. My goodness. He's a conservative and he's going to upset the balance of the court. These things change history. But that's what we're here for, isn't it? We're here to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. And I think I've had a conversion this week, a realization at least that, you know, you're always trying to bring order and you're always trying to prevent the chaos that's always trying to seep in. But that's life. So we're never going to defeat it we're only going to manage it and balance it and do our best with it. And one guy I heard trying to comfort another guy after Trump was elected was just patting him on the back saying, checks and balances, checks and balances. So we're going to vote in November. That'll be a check and a balance. But I think our hero is going to be Bob Woodward for getting us acquainted with a better truth and to Bob Mueller for digging out all these crimes and the conspiracy with Russia. It's 
it's disheartening. It's disheartening. My own um, Kevin McCarthy, congressman, he wants to be the uh, House leader if uh, Paul Ryan goes away or quits or whatever happens. And he's recorded when he didn't expect it, talking about the two people that pay Trump are Putin pays Trump and this Rohrbacher congressman from a little close to here and they do stuff for him and it's it's mind-boggling sometimes but let's let's stay tuned and realize that checks and balances will see us through this and the goodness of America will continue. Mm-hmm.